Special is going to be brought to us this morning by Sister Barbara Jones, and I know she is. I had to think about that. I know she's really going to bless your heart. And after that, our pastor here, Promised Land, is Brother Joshua Llewellyn is going to bring the message. And if you not have not heard him preach, I promise you, you are in for a blessing this morning. He is certainly a man of God, and you listen to him, he will bless your heart. Sister Barb. You know as well as I know that in my life, I have had so many people to influence my life and for the good. And uh, my grandmother was just an awesome person. She was, she was deaf. She had an infection like at age 16, and then she went totally deaf. She didn't know sign language, but let me tell you one thing. She could read your lips. <laughs> Uh, don't try to whisper it either because she could read them too. But anyway, she was just an inspiration. She was always in her spot every Sunday, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night. And I often wondered as a child, why? Why would she come to church if she couldn't hear a thing? But she knew where she needed to be. And she was such an encouragement to me. A lot of times on Wednesday night when I was working, I'd get home, I'd be so tired have to cook supper and get everybody ready. I think, you know, it won't hurt if I stay home. And then I thought of Grandma. Would Grandma stay home? No. No, she wouldn't. She'd be there in her spot. And then my dad, I can't say enough about him. He was just, he literally wore himself out for the Lord. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people that I could fashion my life after. But there's one ultimate example, and it should be all of our desire to be like Jesus. <clears throat> it's my desire. To live for Jesus, it's my desire to be like Him, though often I failed and brought Him much shame. If you 
where Jesus brought me from to where I am today. You would know the reason why I love him so. this morning, Nehemiah chapter 4. Nehemiah chapter 4. Hadn't this been wonderful? About eight of you think so, huh? Hadn't that been wonderful? What a great day it's been in the Lord's house. All of this is preparing our hearts to get to the Word of God. And I'll tell you, it's sweet as honey. The Word of God is sweet as honey. Open your hearts to it this morning. Allow the Lord to work in this message Please listen. Please listen. But be more than hearers this 
this morning, be doers. Be doers. Be doers of the Word of God. That's the power of the, of the Word of God, is the application of it. So please apply it today and allow the Word of God to change and mold you to the vessel that God desires you to be. We've been in Nehemiah for several weeks now. Uh, they're building the wall. And in the building of the wall, we have looked at the opposition that they have faced. We have talked about the enemy. Sanballat and these other guys are rising against God's people, fighting the Lord's people. The devil does not want the will of God to take place. And understand, Satan does not want the will of God to take place in your life. And he will send sandballots and he will send enemies left and right to stop progress of God's will and God's kingdom. The devil wants to stop the work of the church. Let me tell you something. We got a wall to build. We got work to do. And the devil will do anything he can to stop it. Let us stand. Nehemiah chapter 4. There's anything worth standing up for is the Word of God, isn't it? Nehemiah 4 verse 12. And it came to pass that when the Jews which dwelt by them came, they said unto us ten times, From all places whence ye shall return unto us, they will be upon you. And so the enemy's coming as they're building this wall and fighting. The enemy is coming upon them. Therefore... Said I in the lower places behind the wall and on the higher places. I even set the people after their families and their swords and their spears and their bows. And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your houses. And it came to pass when our enemies heard that it was known unto us, and God had brought their counsel to naught, that we returned all of us to the wall, every one unto his work. And it came to pass from that time forth that the half of my servants wrought in the work, and the other half of them held both the spears, the shields, the bows, and the habergeons, and the rulers were behind all the house of Judah, they which built it on the wall, and they that bear burdens were those that laid it, every one with his his own his hands wrought in the work, and with the other hand held a weapon. For the builders, every one, had his sword girded by, by his side, and so builded, that he sounded the trumpet, and he that sounded the trumpet was by me. And I said unto the nobles, and to the rulers, and to the rest of the people, The work is great and large, and we are separated upon the wall, one far from another." In what places, therefore, ye hear the sound of the trumpet, resort ye thither unto us, our God shall fight for us. Isn't that wonderful? Aren't you glad that God will fight for us? So we labored in the work, and half of them held the spears from the rising of the morning till the stars appeared. Likewise, at the same time, said I unto the people, let every one with a servant lodged within Jerusalem, that in the midst they may be a guard to us and labor on the day. So neither I nor my brethren nor my servants nor the men of the guard which followed me, none of us put off our clothes, saving that every one put them off for washing. Dear Heavenly Father, bless the reading of Your Word. Lord, I pray we would allow Your Holy Spirit to have full reign in this place today. You're wanting to work. 
You're wanting to save. You're wanting to mold us. Lord, I pray we'd get all the distractions away and we would focus on Your Word. Help us to be more than hearers, Lord. Help us to be doers. Lord, give me what I stand in need of today. I am nothing without You, Lord. Lord, I need Your touch. I need a touch from heaven. Lord, I pray every word that comes out of my mouth will be in accordance to Your will. Lord, I pray that I'd get out of the way and I pray that Your cross would be honored and glorified in this place today. Lord, I love You and I praise You. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. The title of my sermon this morning is very simple, but it's this. It's time to fight. It's time to fight. The plan was there. The vision was there. Prayer, preparation, everything was there. They got to work. The enemy came upon them. But understand, as Christians, there are times in our life that it's time to get to work and it's time to fight against the devil. It's time to fight against the enemy. There's times in our life that we need to quit fooling around as Christians. There are times in our spiritual life that we understand that it's time to fight. We must understand that we must pick and choose our battles. I believe as Christians sometimes we fight the wrong battles. We fight the little things rather than the big things. Understand when you get to the fight, let's pick and choose our battles wisely and realize that there are some things in this whole world worth fighting for. Understand as a child of God that everything that you have with Jesus is worth fighting for. May I tell you that everything from Genesis to Revelation is worth fighting for. Understand that everything that is in this book is worth fighting for. Understand that it's not worth fighting for what colors on the walls. Amen? That's not worth fighting for. It's not worth fighting for for what color a carpet or what color a tile goes in a church house. You say, preacher, that's crazy. You ain't been around church very long, have you? Those things aren't worth fighting for. But this right here is worth fighting for. And the will of God is worth fighting for. What God has called you to do, what God has raised you up for, may I tell you, child of God, it's worth fighting for. Your children are worth fighting for. Your family's worth fighting for. The church of God is worth fighting for. The will of God is worth fighting for. As we go through the Scripture, we find lots of battles. We find the spiritual battle from Genesis to Revelation, but we also find that in this battle that the Christian fight against the enemy is not as much as an offensive battle as it is a defensive battle. And we're going to look at that as we go through this sermon. And I want us to notice some things this morning that we need to equip ourselves for the battle that is before us. Let's fight. It's time to fight. Child of God, it's time to fight. Child of God, it's time to stand up for what God has called us to do. God's called us to build a church building. God's called us to do Awana. God's called us to do many things. Let's fight for what God has called us to do. Let's not let the devil stop the progress. Let me tell you something. The enemy is here. The enemy is real. And the enemy wants to do everything he can to stop the will of God from taking place in our church and in our personal life. Let's fight for the will of God. Let's fight for the good of God. Let's fight for the the Word of God today in Promised Land Missionary Baptist Church. What do we do for the fight? Number one, 
the mindset. If we're going to fight, we need the mindset. I want you to look here in verse 6. Go back to verse 6 in chapter 4. It says, So built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together into the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. God's people must inherit a mindset for the battle that we face. I love that scripture. They had a mind to work. Their mind was set upon the will of God, the work of God. It was set upon what was going on. Children of God, understand that we need a mindset. And we need to get settled upon what God has called us to do. And we need to get settled within our hearts and within our minds. And understand that there's nothing that's going to stop us from fulfilling the will of God in our life. Understand that if we're going to fight the battle, we must enter that battle with a mindset. We need to have the mind for the work of God. We need to be settled upon what God has called us to do. Friend, I better, I'm going to tell you something. If we're going to fight this battle, we better get a mindset. Do you remember our Lord Jesus? Isaiah 50 said, Therefore, have I set my face like a flint. I want you to know when Jesus came to this earth, He came to fulfill the will of God. But mankind, the devil, the Roman soldiers, tried to do everything they could to prevent Him from fulfilling from fulfilling the will of God in his life. But the Bible said that he set his face like a flint. I love in the book of Luke 9.51, the Bible said that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. The Pharisees tried to, tried to throw some roadblocks there. I want you to know the rulers tried to stop him. The Roman government tried to prevent him from fulfilling the will of God. The devil himself tried to stop Jesus from going to the cross. But understand, when Jesus came to this old earth, He came with a mindset. He came with a mindset that I'm going to go to Calvary. And I don't care what happens between now and then. There's coming a day that God is going to call me to go to Golgotha. And I'm going to go that day. You know why Jesus went to Calvary? Because when He came to the earth 33 years before He ever went to the cross, He came with a mindset. And everything He did in His earth ministry, He had His mind set on Calvary. May I tell you that He had His mind set on you. And He had His mind set on me. Why did Jesus do what He did? Because He had a mindset. He had a mindset. Our mindset must be upon God's plan. We must stay focused on what God has called us to do. The Israelites had a plan, and it's to build the wall. And they had to get their mind upon, God has called us to build the wall. Not to fight, but to build the wall. And they must every day get up with a mindset, you know what we got to do today? we got to build a wall. And we must have our mind set upon the plan of God. That's what Jesus did, isn't it? God had a plan. Jesus sold out to it. His mindset was upon God's plan. Let me tell you something. God has a plan for you today. God has a plan for every one of us. And if we're going to fulfill the plan that God has called us to fulfill, we better get our minds on it this morning. We better get our mind set upon God's plan. We also must get our mind set upon God's protection. Notice verse 14. 
He said, I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord. The enemy was there. The enemy was fighting. But they had to get a mindset that God was bigger than the enemy. Nehemiah said, fear not of the enemy. They had to get a mindset on God's plan, but they also had to set their mind upon the hand of God and the protection of God upon them. Every day when they got up and they went to work, their minds understood that we're going to go to work today and God is going to take care of us and protect us from our enemies. Their mind was set upon the hand of God. Their mind was set upon His greatness. He said, fear not. Child of God, we need to quit being scared. We need to quit being scared. Do you know why we don't fulfill the will of God so often in our life? Because we're scared to death. And the people that day were getting scared. And Nehemiah said, fear not. Remember the Lord. <laughs> Get your mind set on the power of God. Get your mind set on how big. God is. Oh, but preacher, the enemy's big. Get your mindset that God is bigger than any enemy you'll ever face. Get your mindset upon His power. Get your mindset upon who God is. Understand if we're going to fulfill the will of God, we've got to understand God's going to take care of us. God's going to protect us. And our mindset must be upon God's purpose. What was the end goal of this wall. Notice what it said at the end of verse 14. He said, Be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord which is great and terrible. And fight for your brethren and your sons and your daughters and your wives and your houses. Their mindset must have been upon God's plan, God's protection, but also God's purposes. What was the purpose of this? To build this wall for the good of their families. It brought them protection. Was their families worth fighting for? Absolutely. Was their children worth fighting for? Absolutely. This wall was for the greater good of their nation. And if they were going to build this wall, they were going to have to get their mind set upon this very fact that this is for the good of our people and the good of our families. Let me tell you something. The will of God is good for this church. The will of God is good for your families. It's worth fulfilling the will of God. And when you get into battle, understand the purpose of the battle. Understand what we're trying to achieve here. Understand what's going on. Don't lose sight. It's worth to keep on going. It's worth the fight. It's worth the struggle. You know why? Every day when they got up, they were reminded, you know what, this is for my kids. This is for my family. This is for my nation. This is for the Lord. This is for God. Friend, I'm glad I got a purpose today. There are so many people running around this world, they have no purpose in life. Child of God, you ought to have purpose in you. And that purpose is all to drive you and motivate you, fulfilling the will of God in your life. The mindset. Notice number two, the weaponry. Notice verse 16. And it came to pass from that time forth that the half of my servants wrought in the work, and the other half of them held both the spears, the shields, the bows, and the habergens. And so here's the weapons, the, the spears, the shields, the bows, the habergens. And these are weapons, understand, that are used mainly for defense rather than offense. And these are the weapons that He called them to get. Why did He call them to get in this defensive strategy? Why did He want them to defend rather than go out and fight the enemy? 
because playing offense would take them off the wall. And understand, if you play offense all the time, you're leaving the work that God has called you to do to go fight the battle that is raging. Instead, he said, stay on the wall, keep at work, but defend the enemy from stopping you to work. If they would have left the wall to go fight the enemy, the devil would have won. The whole time the devil was wanting to stop progress. So many times God's people get off the wall to go fight the battle. That's wrong. It is unbiblical. We shouldn't do it because when we get off the wall, the work of God stops. The work of God stops when we get off the wall. And I'm going to use this for an example. When I was in Texas, we had a cult. They called the Church of Wales. I called it the Cult of Wales, okay? It was a cult. And it was about a hundred people a little younger than me. And they just crazier than a Betsy bug. That's, that's all you can say about them. They're crazy. And they'd get, they'd get kids out of their families and they'd make them sell everything and they'd cut off all attachment and everything. And there was a time in my life when this came into our town and our community that I got off the wall because there was a battle there to fight. And I was so sold out for that battle that I got off the wall to go fight the battle. And I found myself in a place to do everything I could do to destroy that cult. Man, I wanted to destroy it. And, and, and I found myself slipping away from my studies. I found myself slipping away from building the church there at First Baptist Church. I found myself slipping away because I wanted to go fight the battle. I wanted to go fight the battle. And this deacon sitting over here this morning that was in that church, he came to me one day and he said, Preacher, I love you. But you're wrong. That ain't the only deacon ever called me wrong before, okay? I'll just tell you. That ain't the only time he ever said I was wrong. But he said, let me tell you something. He reminded me of a story in the book of Acts. And he said, you leave them alone. And if they're of God, there ain't nothing you can do to tear it down. But if they're not of the Lord, it'll be for naught. Preacher, get back on the wall. And that day, I had to get back on the wall. Because I was so worried about fighting the enemy that I left the work of the Lord. These weapons were used to defend themselves rather than go and destroy everybody. Friend, don't worry about the enemy so much that you leave the work of the Lord to go fight the battle. Stay in the work of the Lord. Defend yourself against the, against the enemy. They had the trial. They were building this wall. And at the same time in verse 18, the Bible says that they had a sword on their side. They had a trial in one hand, working and building, and in the other hand they had a sword to de defend that wall, to defend the work of the Lord. They kept the enemy away. They kept working, but they kept fighting. They were working and they were fighting. Child of God, stay on the wall. Stay on the wall. The devil wants you to come down. The devil wants you to stop. May I encourage you, child of God, to stay on that wall today. Don't come off of that wall. Get the sword of the Lord and fight the battle from the wall. Don't get off the wall. Stay in the will of God. Keep that sword on your side and fight the good fight. It's worth fighting today. 
It's worth fighting for. Amen, church? The will of God is worth fighting for. Stand up for something. Stand up for the will of God. Fight for it. Fight for it. The Bible says that the Word of God is our weapon of choice. If you want to fight this battle, use the sword. In the Bible, the sword represents the Word of God. In the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul gives us the the warfare and the, the things that we need to put on. And he said, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. What do we need to go to battle and fight? We need the Word of God. Why do we need the Word of God? Because the Bible said the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing asunder of soul and spirit, and the joints and the marrow is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Friend, fight your battle with the Word of God. Well, I'll tell you what, they do me wrong. I'm going to suck them a good one. That's not how we fight this battle, people. This is a spiritual battle that we're fighting. We're to get the sword of the Lord and we're to go, to go to war and battle with the Word of God. Why the Word of God? Let me tell you how powerful the Word of God is. When Jesus comes back for the battle of Armageddon, the Bible says when He comes back on that white horse, and out of His mouth goeth a sharp sword, and with it He should smite the nations. You know how Jesus is going to defeat the entire world? With His Word. With His Word. If it's good enough for Him to use, it ought to be good enough for us. Fight your battles with the Word of God. Fight your battles with the Word of God. Nehemiah got them out there. We find in, back in Nehemiah, we find in verse 19 and verse 20 and 21, He spreads them out on the wall. And I'm going to tell you another weapon there that they used was the weapon of unity. The weapon of unity. I'm going to ask Brother Chuck if you would come, and Brother Allen if, if you will come up here. And I want to do something in a second. Y'all two, come up here. In the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 4, the Bible says two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him that is alone when he falleth. For he hath not another to help him up. And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Understand that when they built this wall, the people of God had to unify. They had to get together. And the Bible says that they spread them out upon the wall so that they could fight the enemy. Let me tell you what God does to defeat the church. He divides the church first. And the devil said, if I can just divide them and sow discord among the brethren, if I can just divide them, they won't be in one accord. Let me tell you that one of the strongest weapons we have today is one another. The unity of God's people. The unity of God's people. One of the best illustrations I've ever seen of this. Y'all come here. One on this side, one on this side, please. There's a story in the book of Exodus chapter 17. And in this story, Moses had that, that rod. And he told, uh, he told Joshua, I want you to go down. I want you to fight against the Amalekites. And while you're down there in battle, I'm going to hold this rod up and victory's going to come. And so Joshua went down and Moses, the man of God he was, took the rod and he held it up. And every time he held his hands up, the Israelites were, were winning. Victory was coming. But there were times that he got tired. 
there were times that he got down and he got low. And he would try to hold that rod up because he was steadfast in the work of the Lord. But understand he couldn't do it by himself. Understand he needed help. And there he was holding it up. And he'd get tired and he'd just fall down. When his arms fell, the enemy began to win. The Israelites began to lose. And every time that his hands would go back up, victory would come back. Every time they went back down, the enemy began to win again. So at the end of the day, his hands needed to be in the air. But he couldn't do it. The Bible said that he had two friends, Aaron and Hur. Aaron and Hur came along. And he said, oh, Moses, we'll help you in the battle. Two's better than one, people. Three's better than two. Understand we're not in this by ourselves. We need to be in this together. I need Aaron and I need her. And Moses needed them that day. As strong of a man as he was, he needed help. He'd raise them arms up. He'd get tired. He'd fall down. So the Bible said they pulled a stone up to him. Sit down, Moses. Lift your hands up. And his friends grabbed his arms. Grabbed his arms. Moses wore out. Moses tired. Moses give out. Oh, he was weak. And just times. He just couldn't do it anymore. But there was Aaron and her. He was weak and he was low, but his arms were still in the air. And as long as his arms was in the air, victory was going to be won. Understand that the, the victory was coming. But it was going to take more than one. It was going to take everybody. And Moses wanted to be there all day long. But in his flesh, he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it by himself. So he needed Aaron and her. Now, I want to be honest. Y'all get your hands off of me a minute. That's kind of rude. Didn't mean it that way. I have no tact what my wife says. She just rolled her eyes. But let me be honest. These times as pastor... Promised Land Missionary Baptist Church, I try my best to keep my arms up. But there's times that I just got to lower them. Because it gets hard. And it gets tough. And I try to pick them back up. Oh, Lord, bless. Oh, Lord, I want Your will. But this old flesh gets weary. And it gets tired and I just drop them again. Let me tell you what I need. I need an island and I need a chuck. Grab my arm, please. There's times that I get down and I get weak. And I need a chuck and I need a howling to come along and say, Preacher, I'm here with you. Preacher, I'm here with you. Y'all can be seated, men. The devil will enter into our church and divide us for the sole purpose to conquer us. Let me tell you what we need. And our greatest weapon in the battle that we fight is unity. 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 But preacher, I'm mad at this one. Get over it. Forgive them. Forgive them. Preacher, this one did me bad. That ain't nothing but the devil. 
that is nothing but the devil trying to divide and trying to destroy and trying to get us off the wall. Let me tell you something. We don't need to fight against one another, but we need to fight together so that the will of God can be accomplished. We're not each other's enemy. The enemy's the devil today. Get your eyes off of everybody else and get it on Jesus. And understand that your enemy today is the devil. And he will come. And he has come into our church and will do anything he can to divide us. To divide us. Well, that preacher ain't no good. Well, I know that. And I can accept that. You accept that. Amen? Man, I'm mad at, if I wasn't mad at this one, shame on us. Shame on us. Well, that deacon, deacons can be sorry just like you. Come on, let's get real. And the devil has done everything he can to prevent us from fulfilling the will of God. So what we got to do, preacher, we got to get together. We got to get together. That means you may have to forgive somebody this morning. That means during this time you may have to go to them and say, Brother, sister, I'm sorry. Sometimes that may mean you have to grab them and go to the altar and pray together. Well, I'm not going there because of that feller. People, we ought to go here because of Jesus. And Jesus alone. And that devil lies to us and he tells us all kinds of stuff. And look around. That's not your enemy. We ought to love one another. We need to be in one accord. And we need to take the sword. And we need to fight against the devil. we got to stay on the wall. Child of God, it gets hard and it gets tough. This preacher's begging you today to stay on the wall. I'm begging you today to be like Aaron and her and pick up your brother and let's pick up one another. Let's not shoot each other down. Let's not put each other down. But let's build one another up in the Lord. Your best friend ought to be the very people you go to church with. Your best friends ought to be God's people. Because we got to stand together in this. Are you ready to fight? Friend, it's time to fight. It's time to fight. Let's get our minds right. Let's get us set on the battle. Let's remember God's plan, God's protection, and God's purpose. It's worth, it's worth it. My kids are worth it. Preacher, why don't you stop? Because i got three children over here and they're worth fighting for. Preacher, why don't you stop? Because your kids are worth fighting for. we got something to fight for, folks. And most of all, for the Lord's sake. Hasn't God been good to us? So good. Don't let a little old thing come between you and somebody in this place. Let's get right this morning. Let's get in one accord. If there's something dividing us, let's get it out. Let's purge it out, what Paul said. Get it out of the body. And let's go on and let's serve the Lord together. The wall's got to be built, folks. If it's going to be built, we've got to come together. And we're going to do it together in the power of the Lord. Let's stand very quiet, very reverent. If you're here this morning and you need to be saved, I want to invite you to be saved today. Come down this aisle. Let me show you how to be saved. If you need to be baptized, would you come and make your profession of faith? If you need to join this church this morning, would you come? If you need to come to these altars, would you come? Maybe there's a brother and sister in this place that you've been at alt.
And you need to go to them and talk to them. Would you do that?